If we speak of it with words, we can say the Buddha's awakening has two sides, so to speak. On one side is the wisdom that sees this reality that is our life. And the other side is the compassion which functions manifesting this wisdom, the wisdom of prajna, of seeing through the reality that's this, if we say, interdependent into being that naturally manifests as the functioning of karuna or compassion. There's other ways of speaking of it, but of course this is just speaking of it. Nevertheless, it's important to know that both aspects are fundamental because despite insight into the ongoing changing non-self, if I explain it in that way, if it's not manifested in compassion, not manifested in the interbeing, interdependence functioning, then it's not truly wisdom. It's still blinded by self-centeredness in some ways, if we say it that way. And if there is no wisdom supporting and clarifying compassion, we can't truly be compassionate. It's not skillful, appropriate, and doesn't manifest the universe in our actions. So whether we have phrases like the Buddha saying, I and all beings are the wisdom and perfection of the Tathagatha, or I and all beings together, together, that's the compassion, attain the way, are the way. And of course, this isn't a matter of some sort of intellectual understanding, but it is something that we must embody in our realization and functioning or realization and actualizing or manifesting. And of course there's times we emphasize one side and times we emphasize another side. So we also are aware of this because when we talk of the four practice principles, which is an articulation of the teaching of the Four Noble Truths of the Buddha's Awakening. We start with caught in self-centered dream, holding to self-centered thoughts, which is addressing the, if we say the delusion or addressing the wisdom that must be part of our practice, our life, our embodying, and also the other side of life as it is, meaning every one, everything is the intimacy of our life functioning and being just this moment, compassion's way. So that, in a sense, we could say 
is the other side. Of course, this side and other side is makes it into two, though we speak that way. Always, it's only this one thing intertwined, interconnected. So, there isn't, now I'm doing this, now I'm doing that. That's just our a way of talking and a way of maybe focusing where attention needs to be whether it's in terms of what we cultivate um, what so-called needs to be let go of needs to be come transparent and eliminated in terms of delusion or in terms of self-centeredness and we also see this in Bodhi Sattva's vow of Torah's energy that we often chant. Some of you might be familiar with another gatha that we do. We do it during Jukai and um, Tokido. And also it's much more common in most other Zen centers. In fact, we used to do it at ZCLA and also at ZCSD before Joko, in a sense, went to using the four practice principles. And that's the great, va- great Bodhisattva vows, which go Shujo, Muhen, Segando, Bono, Mujin, Segandan, Homon, Murio, Segan, Gaku, Butsudo, Mujo, Seiganjo, which in English begins with the first, which is the side of compassion. And I'll translate, and I'll go over a few different translations so that I could talk a little about that. One translation begins... Sentient beings are numberless. I vow to save them. Now, it's a nice way to put it, uh, to put it. And then the second one is desires are inexhaustible. I vow to put an end to them. Another way of phrasing that, those first two vows is However innumerable all beings are, I vow to enlighten them. Notice the difference, enlighten or save. However inexhaustible my delusions are, delusions rather than desires, I vow to extinguish them. But other than that, in many ways it's the similar but different and I want to talk a little about that and I'll talk about there's two more translations there are many ways of translating the Chinese or um, originally the uh, the way I chanted it was in Japanese another way of translating them is beings are numberless I vow to save them delusions are inexhaustible I vow to end them or all beings without number I vow to liberate them endless blind passions I vow to uproot them so passions desires delusions those are the, the second verse. And the first is liberate, save, enlighten, awaken, or there's translations I vow to serve them. All ways of expressing both the aspect of wisdom of compassion and the aspect of wisdom. And then it goes on to say, Shujo Muhen Seigando Bono Mujin Seigandan Homon Murio Seigan Gaku. The Buddha way is boundless. Or, no, Homon Murio. That's not Buddha way. The Dharmas are boundless. I vow to master them. Buddha way, 
Butsudo Mujo Se Gandojo. The Buddha way is unattainable or unsurpassable. I vow to attain it. Or the Buddha way is endless. I vow to follow it. But I want to emphasize the first and possibly the second verses because that's again what we talked about, what I talked about, the aspect of wisdom. Wisdom to not be blinded by self-centeredness, conscious and unconscious thought, emotion, reactions, etc. And, but also the aspect of compassion, compassionate responding to beings, sentient beings, all beings, whichever way you put it, beings are numberless. Now, of course, the grip, these bodhisattva vows, in one sense, they have an inherent impossibility of ever fully accomplishing them because beings are numberless, numberless. So, you're never going to get, and yet, I vow to save, liberate, <coughs> serve, whichever way you put it, enlighten. Nevertheless, nevertheless, that's the vow that we make over and over. In Zen centers where they chant that, they chant it at the end of every sitting, at the end of other activities, so you probably chant it two, three, four times a day if you're there for a day, or um, once or twice if you're there just in the morning or an evening sitting. And, of course, you do it each time. So you do it each day, over and over. And yet, there was a reason why Joko moved from that to practice principles because though it's easy to say beings are numberless, I vow to save them, we have really no idea what we're saying, what saving means. What are we vowing? And yet it's important to make that vow. It's important to make that vow at different times. And we say it. Being just this moment, though how often or how rarely do we even allow ourselves to let go of self-centeredness, to be this moment, to function compassionately, or let's say it another way. How often do we find ourselves refusing to serve other beings with all sorts of good so-called reasons? You know, they are, they should, they're not. If only, not now, I have no time. I have to take care of me first. In a way, we fixate on conditions and circumstances of what we want or don't want, which is the second verse. Delusions are inexhaustible, or desires are inexhaustible, or the other ways the verses put them. What was it? There was one that was... I thought was particularly interesting. Interested. Now that's a delusions. Um, this one had a particularly interesting way. Blind passion, endless blind passions. That's a particularly strong statement. Endless blind passions. Nevertheless, we are 
those, in a sense, keep us from being who we are, which being who we are, we naturally respond to all the other beings we encounter who are nothing but our face that we are encountering. See, that's in Bodhisattva's vow, when I, a student of the way, look at the real form of the universe. That's exactly what Tore Zenji is addressing with that. In fact, Tore Zenji um, often emphasized this, the importance of compassion. Um, he, he says somewhere, actually I know where, but he, in one of his texts he writes, Life after life, all sentient beings become fathers and mothers, brothers and sisters, world after world. Considering this today, what a great debt of love we owe to each other. Reflecting on this, great compassion is bound to arise in the heart. Though, though it's bound to arise, we throw away that and chase after all sorts of desires, illusory phenomena and conditions. So, beings are numberless. I vow to save, liberate. Can we even consider that realistically? Can any of us? Or can we at least begin to see all the ways that we believe our stories, not just stories of self, but stories of other? See, that's, in a way, that's all included in caught and self-centered dream. Caught and self-centered dream is holding to self in ways so that whether it's in terms of seeing our own action, our own what's so, or seeing so-called others, we only see them through this glasses, through the blinders of that self-centered dream. And yet, and yet, we make the vow, being just this moment, compassion's way, or make the vow, beings are numberless, I vow to save them. But Joko wanted to emphasize the practice effort because it's so hard to get what the practice is needed when you just say beings are numberless, I vow to save them. It's easy to say. We all would love to do that wonderful thing. We want to save all sorts of people. But we don't begin to see that what gets in our way. So before we can get to compassion's way, we need to be able to first see self-centeredness and see how we maintain and reinforce and state it for ourselves over and over. Tore Zenji in another place says the first requirement for trainees, meaning for someone who's going to practice then, is to be able to let go or to see where you're holding, if we put it another way, and not to cling, let go of I, of self, of self-centeredness, and not to cling to own advantage, own, which is exactly what we're saying. First, caught in self-centered dream, only suffering, holding to self-centered thoughts, exactly the dream. Of course, thoughts include all the variations of emotion, thoughts, conscious thought, unconscious thought, all the ways this visceral 
emotion, thought, holding. We find we all discover it in our own way if we sit. We discover it in our own actions. We discover it in our own believing it. We discover it in our own reactions to others when we look at someone else. Or if we just sit, sit still, upright and silent and be present, we notice where our mind goes to. Despite opening back up and being right here, all of a sudden we're back in our story, our history, our story about this or story about that, story about me and story about her and him and so forth. So, all these different ways of allowing delusions to melt, allowing desires and passions to come and go, but not holding on, not having anything that hinders us when we're with other beings. And other beings, some of them say, some of the translations are sentient beings, some of the translations are just plain beings. All of it is valid. All of it are opportunities so that we can directly reveal, manifest, and be this nature, this life that we are, this wisdom, compassion, that it's not something we need to learn extra, but that naturally is who we are. It's the fundamental basis, which is to go back to where we started this session, this non-abiding, non-abiding, which is what the Buddha, the Tathagatha says in the Diamond Sutra, non-abiding. If we want to, we could say non-abiding heart-mind, which comes forth. This non-abiding. Or this non-abiding, we could use another word, Dharma nature that pervades everywhere. So, Dharma nature, Buddha nature, whatever word, of course those words sometimes become funny for us and we get some magical idea about what they mean. But they just mean the ordinary life that you encounter from morning to night. Nothing else. Except that you give it a name different than you believe the name that you give it. Not just you, we, all of us. So, okay. Yes, I've spoken enough. So I'll give you an opportunity if you have something to say. Maybe we can explore this a little more. Some of you might even be familiar with the various, well, you're certainly familiar with the practice principles, and you've heard this this Bodhisattva's vow, uh, no, the great vows for all, or great Bodhisattva's vows of those Shujo Muhen, but because I've use them and we've used them in Jukai, etc. But you might not be as familiar with those. Yes. You? Uh, <laughs> You're ready. Uh, you. um, in, in this context, what does it mean to save? That's wonderful question. That's exactly the question. What does it mean to save? Save. That that's so I the reason I did the different translations was for you to hear the different words that people use to translate it. Some said liberate. Some said um, enlighten. Some said serve. Others said save. Good question. What is it, in a way that's a practice question, what is it to save, to liberate this person, 
this circumstance, this being, from delusions that we are all caught in, caught in self-centered dream. So, what is it? Good. That's the practice question for you, for us. Whether it's in terms of so-called saving ourselves or saving others. Good. So, in a way, the first question is, how are we bound? How are we entangled? How are we not saved? That's, but there's a better word for it. Let me hear. Well, how are we entangled is good. How are we caught in suffering, in harming? So what is saving in that specificity? What's skillful in manifesting both prajna, wisdom, of to the extent that that's so in our functioning, and compassion? We know some of the things that are, it, it, it aren't that when we get angry, when we are hurt or greedy about it. So what a safe good. See, that's why it's an ongoing, if I use the word koan, or an ongoing practice um, um, encouragement. What is skillful action here? What is serving what is being the intimacy of this moment? But sometimes we can't even save this being sitting up here when um, entangled in who knows what about what she said or what I could do or what I need to get or why isn't it or why is this? So even that. So we're among those who we need to serve, save, liberate. <coughs> Enlighten, awaken to this moment as is. Enlighten means shine light on the moment in the midst of this darkness about how I think it is. And that's what it is. We often think the world is dark. The world is terrible. The circumstances are... So what is it to shine light on it? course you'd like a formula that if you do A, B, C then that means saving the problem of course is if we, ha- we sometimes and especially in our culture when you hear the word save you therefore add on these people are saved, those people are not saved the not saved the worse, the saved the better, that isn't it here all beings all beings are to be saved, all beings are fundamentally saved, except that they fool themselves with self-centeredness. So they lose track of who they really are. Let me see. I think Torah said something nice somewhere. Where is it? Um, Yes, he says, when closely observed... I think I quoted this. No. Well, when closely observing observing sentient being, it appears that they always throw away the origin, in other words, who they are, and chase after end states, meaning um, chase after illusory things that they want, phenomena, conditions, chase after end states. Um, thus, much attached to all kinds of karma-producing activities, Dying here, being born there, they revolve through the various stages of the wheel of becoming. We don't have to go parse out each of those words, but yeah, exactly what you're asking about. There was a hand somewhere. Yeah. Not what I was going to say. Um, okay. No. Th- that the simple message, you know, that you're you're talking about. I, I just was. Thinking how how much it's reflected and expressed in, in so many ways, mm-hmm. and, it's, and it's a very simple message. Um, and I was thinking of you mentioned Jukai. Yes. And I was thinking of in Jukai we <coughs> expound the three pure precepts. 
Yes. Which is really this whole thing in a nutshell. Yeah. And it was it was interesting to me when I had you, Kai, and repeated these phrases that, that you gave me and I repeated back. The first one was do no harm. Um, and the second one is do good, which I thought that seemed kind of reversed. But then, you know, in, in your talk today... And, and then doing good for others. Aiding others yeah. in doing good. Yes. Yeah. So non-harming is most difficult because it's so, what should I say, subtly and uh, subversively intertwined in self-centeredness because the more self-centeredness is, the more our sharp elbows poke others in order to ensure that our self-centeredness gets gets whatever it's going to get. <laughs> if you excuse the expression sharp elbows, but <laughs> without seeing that sometimes, because then it becomes if I get it that's good. If I make sure that they don't get it, then that'll make sure that I can get it. Whatever it is. Or if I get it in my way. Yeah. I'm thinking about my life, you know, at this age and so uh-huh. on. I've got a lot of women friends and belong to clubs and these uh-huh. sorts of things. And um, gossip is a real potent way of doing harm. Yes. And um, I I remember you saying once that in the Jewish tradition of gossip or talking about the faults of other... Can you... Russian Horam, it's an evil tongue or gossip is a... It's a... Say... Yes, you're not supposed to do that. <laughs> <laughs> I was really impressed because I, and it taught me a beautiful lesson, was with a group of, of friends, and, and some were Jewish and some not, and one person got really pretty catty about, should we accept this new member into our book club? And I admire this woman so much because that night, she sent an email around to all of us apologizing. I thought, wow. Well, if, if you reflect on the precepts, the ten, bodhi, the ten grave precepts, there are several of them. Not speaking of the faults of others, not elevating self and putting down others, which for some reason we seem to like to do. It's that's yeah. again that sharp elbows business. Yeah. Yeah. Which, you know, we it's another way of manifesting self centered fear. Fear that if I it unless I follow this self centered dream and self centered emotion thoughts where it's going, I will not be okay. And that's, we get to notice that as we practice, we notice, oh, it's the it's here. We notice it in the different corners, which gives us the opportunity to allow it to arise and pass and not to follow it along, or to notice where we follow it along and be experiencing and work with that. And there are all sorts of permutations that we can discover. And, you know, you said in your older group it's mostly women. Well, maybe more men at at a certain age start dying off a little more (laughs) more soon. But nevertheless, we all all have these tendencies. Uh, And it's it's a trap. It's so easy. Yeah. Yeah. But then... Her, her courage and, uh-huh. and to respond. And you know. it, what's interesting is that some 
virtual media seem to almost encourage this sort of thing, this uh, speaking, highlighting, mm-hmm. emphasizing the faults of others. Mm-hmm. And, we, and therefore, you, you click into it so much more easily because it's so yeah. pervasive. Well, they, they just take advantage of the fact that it's ingrained in us. Yeah. I mean, this is, this is a natural human condition. Yes, but, but it, it, as you say, they take advantage of it to encourage it in order to get more whatever it is they're getting from your clicking. Exactly. Yeah, and in most, most instances of our life, it's misplaced. Yeah. I mean, it's, it served us well, what, a million years ago or something. Be suspicious of strangers and uh-huh. be very self-centered. Survival depended on it, yeah. but that's obsolete now, and it's not necessary, and it, it's counterproductive, yeah. and it diminishes our humanness as opposed to enhancing it. Well, we don't have to say a million years ago. We could say <laughs> a thousand yes, to two thousand. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if we. Focus on it. We realize the Buddha lived about 2,500 years ago, more or less, and therefore he was addressing the habits and needs of people there, just like us, who were caught up in various forms of self-delusion. You know, and the consequences for people as a result of that in suffering and harming in their life and saying here's a way to relieve suffering relieve harming and it follows from that yeah, the first step is to notice and appreciate yeah. and then from there we're in a position well, the, 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 the ways that each individual practices with it depends on the individual circumstances, which is why it's important. I mean, there's fundamental aspect, but if we just sit upright and are present, we begin to notice the workings of this emotion, thought, heart, body, mind, whatever you call it, that appears. And that's the realm where our work is. And then, of course, as we manifest and interact with others, there it is too. Because that's more of the same. Yes? Um, I was just thinking about the four practice principles. The third yeah. one, I... Life as it is. Life. No, not life as it is. The Each only teacher. moment, life as it is. Yeah. Life as it is, the only teacher. Right. So, in a sense... <laughs> Being present. (laughs) I don't know. My head usually doesn't work so well, but this time it did. So, in a sense, it's about life as it is means all the beings that you're encountering. It's not so-called my life somewhere inside here. Is that's where our functioning of wisdom and compassion is about. And it's also where we bump up <coughs> against our, but let's say, get, dysfunctioning. We get a chance over and over and over again. Yes. Moment, yes. Well, no, we only get one chance at a time. Each, this moment, this moment. We can't rely on we're going to get over and over more chances. We have to take this chance now. <laughs> it's true, over and over. But don't... But. I like to emphasize this moment, life as it is right now, because otherwise we're going to say, well, I don't have to take care of this now. I'll, I'll take care of it next year, but, but right now I want to play with this, <laughs> this or that. I want to indulge. <laughs> we never know. This might be the, the moment to do it. Gemio, <laughs> did you have a hand in formulating the practice principles? A little bit, but it was mostly Joko and, and uh, Alan Capra. About what year, do you think? Uh, maybe 86, but I, may, but I could be wrong. I, have, I can't 
maybe 87. Okay. I, 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 I don't don't quote me. I mean, you could quote me, but I don't know. I say, I don't, I'm not sure. Because I remember the other ones. Yeah. Yeah. We all, yeah. Um, it, it was, well, it, it was. It would be about right. Okay. That's good enough then. Yeah. <laughs> I, but I don't know. And it doesn't make a difference. <laughs> a, a historian could go find it very easily if you look at the, the documents. Because there's, there's a point when we, we stopped doing uh, four great vows and began four practice principles, but I don't remember. But, I, we, you know, as I said, in Jukai, we do. And then when we do Bodhisattva's vow in the morning, we have it as well. It's there. So it's, it's not any matter of either or. It's just different, different skillful means to encourage us to live our life in a compassionate, in a wise way. Um, yes, I'm sorry. So um, this term you've used, non-abiding. Uh-huh. Well, remember, I didn't use it first. I mean, I'm just, I'm just you using a translation of what the Buddha, what you know, what the Diamond Sutra says. Yes. Non-abiding. Uh-huh. How is non-abiding related to wisdom and compassion? Non-abiding is the fundamental of no self ongoing change. It's the fundamental of who we are and who others are and what this whole life is. So in a sense it's an encapsulation of, of the Buddha's awakening and our nature, despite the fact we insist otherwise. That's being just this moment. That's non-abiding. Because this moment's gone already. Non-abiding is no fixed permanent self. No fixed permanent other. No fixed permanent. So you can't really, one can't really. Can't really. Well, uh, you can't try to be wise and compassionate. It's really not like that. So. You can, you can try, but the, you, you, you know, it sort of comes up against the reality of your habits sometimes. To try to be wise and compassionate, and you, then you find yourself being upset about someone saying something about, "Oh, you're so stupid," or right. "She's so great," and why didn't she say it about me, or whatever. Uh-huh. Then all of a sudden, our trying to be wise and compassionate. <laughs> <laughs> Push comes to shove and it's disappeared somewhere. I don't know where. <laughs> but you can try. It's not bad to try, but then to see that trying doesn't get you there. It's like trying to lose weight and <laughs> So really in terms of the in terms of the piercing through some of this I mean, the non-abiding, that's kind of the essence of it, is to kind of just be with that, not not fixated on it. But notice it says non-abiding heart-mind comes forth. So it's not avoiding or holding back. The phrase is non-abiding is the basis in a sense, but it's the basis that includes a functioning Wisdom, compassion coming forth. Mm-hmm. See, if you will, so it's it's got both sides, so to speak, out in this fundamental functioning. Um, uh, I want to uh, dynamic. I was going to say active, but it's not just active. It's the the, the dynamic potentiality always there. 
not first one, then the other. They both no. come up at the same time and it's hard to distinguish if there is a, a it's, one before the other. If we want to say it, you could say it's two sides of one coin and, have, and if there's one side, there always has to be another side. can't have a, a, a non-two-sided coin. Even if you slice away one side, you all of a sudden discover there's another second side. And if you slice away that side, there are four sides. <laughs> okay. When you when you talk about sides, you're talking about the wisdom and compassion. Is that yes. 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 It's just a way of talking about it. There are no two sides. There, well, yeah, you know, yeah. I just wanted to be sure. E- what we were even doing. talking wisdom and compassion is just a way of talking about. It's a way. There isn't a thing called wisdom that's separate from a thing called compassion. But we talk about things. So since I have to talk, <laughs> I keep going back to the the try. Like, you don't try. Mm. I'm not to say Star Wars Yoda. You can do or do not. There is no try. Well, you could say try, but if you get caught in the word, you find that it's not, it it doesn't, there's not a reality to it. It's just something in your head or words. Because there are, you know, it's just, I I get what you're saying. It's just a word, but it's just what comes out. Like, I try every day to live you know, compassionately to everybody, and I don't always succeed. But what does trying to live look like? In other words, if I was going to point in in the world somewhere, or internally even, how does trying look like? Now, if I if you said to I I remind myself every day, or when I'm with people, I do such and such. Then you could say, you know, okay. That's what you're doing. But if you say, I try, what does try look like? Or or does try mean I think about it? Or does try mean, uh, 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 even if you say, I intend to, there's something. There's, I make, I have this intention. But the word try is a dead word. It it, it is, in a sense, it's, it's almost a weasel word, if you excuse me for calling it that. In a sense, you say, I'll, I'll try to meet you. But what does it mean? <laughs> How does it look? <laughs> we often say make an effort. We make our practice effort. Yeah, but that that's, can be more pointed to or even internally sensed. I'm going to try not to eat chocolate. So when there's chocolate there, how am I trying not to eat chocolate? <laughs> I'm eating it, or I'm not eating it, or I'm there and I'm feeling how much I want to eat it, and I'm holding myself back. Those are things you could say, but where is the trying not to eat chocolate? <laughs> so, I don't mind, I mean, people use the word without thinking often, and that's fine, they want to use the word fine, but when, you, like you say, when you get to it, where is it? Sometimes it's like trying to put something on. It's not really you. It's not really you're not committed to it. Just sort of like you're pretending you to something. To what do you mean trying to put something? Well, like a jacket. Oh, add, add, okay. So so it then what you're doing then the word trying it on is 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 a visceral thing. I'm trying on this jacket it means I'm putting it on, but it's not quite fitting me. But see then that, that that's a different. It's the it's the same word, but it's different because there's an actual action, an actual action. There's an action. There's an activity. I'm trying it on to see if it'll fit, but that's different. So maybe when you get up in the morning, you don't use the word "I will try to be" yeah. the best I can say. Yeah. I will be the yeah. best I can say. And, and at the end of the day, I might have to take inventory and say, "Yeah." <laughs> Well, and you could say I, I remembered and then I forgot, and I or my or I had these strong habits came up by themselves and then I couldn't resist them, or I forgot that I I was going to not do or yes do yeah. Habits have their own power: emotion, thought, habits, and reactions. When someone says something to me, I go like that to them. 
So that happens almost automatically. So fine. So then there's that reaction. Even if I, I'm going to try not to, when I do that, I've already done it. But I can say that I will be present so that when I do this, I don't then punch out. That's, you know, that, this will remind me not to do that. <laughs> and some people don't remember, and then they do that. Yes? Being just this moment, compassion's way. Yes. I, mean, I used to think somehow you had to get something going in the heart to be compassionate, and maybe something does go on in the heart to be compassionate, but not the way I used to think about it. Okay. So, um, but what was revealing to me is that oh, just this moment. Yeah. Good. Compassion is in the heart, it's in the head, it's in our whole being, it's in being present as this moment. Because this moment isn't me versus someone else, or me versus the universe. See, this moment is the whole universe right here, as it's manifest, as I manifest it. Thank you all.